bravery? Is it bravery, stupidity, or simply doing what feels right, trusting what feels right, and going with it? Today, I'd like to explore the ability to be brave enough to follow what feels right in one's own body. As humans, we're so conditioned by societal norms to behave in a certain way and conform to the expectations of others. Yet I have found myself, particularly in the last few years, needing to trust gut response more than anything else. You see, I'm a freelance cinematographer, a lighting cameraman. In my job, I'm the director's eyes. In the past, my bravery has involved filming out of doorless helicopters, fast trains in India, and lurching around on boats to capture the story. Yet we live in interesting times. Who would have thought that I'd have to be brave and risk my career just to do my job as a documentary cinematographer, capturing what's been happening in New Zealand over the last two years? Not me. You see, I found myself on a journey of needing to express myself, my unique perspective as a human being on this planet at this time. I believe everyone has a voice, but would I be brave enough to share my voice with others? In 2021, our society in New Zealand and right here on Waihiki had become so divided over the issue of the COVID mRNA jab. I'd had every kind of shot under the sun until that time for my work in Asia over the years, but I felt a strong gut no on this one. And I feel we all deserve the right to choose what we put in our bodies. And I respect everyone else's choice. That's how it's always been, right? Especially in a democracy. But later in 2021, I was mandated off a feature documentary project that I'd worked on for nearly a year. It took bravery to risk my career and step aside. I didn't know if I'd ever work again. Weeks later, I received a text from a director I'd never met. It said, I'm filming the convoy in the South Island. Would you like to film the North? I've never had such a full body fuck yes as I did in that moment. Ah, oh, I have the skills, I have the cameras, I definitely have the time. So for me, this was a choiceless choice. Here's an opportunity to show a different perspective. So within a couple of hours, I had an awesome driver and a loose plan. Let's get to the Cape the night before so we can start at 6am and let's see what happens. It took bravery and maybe a dash of foolishness because at that time we were still very isolated. We were told that we're just a small minority and that was it. Would anyone turn up? The night before when we arrived at the Cape, there were only two cars and they were holidaymakers. They had no idea about a convoy. Next morning at 6am we were relieved to find about 30 cars. We were summoned to do a karakia right down by the lighthouse by a beautiful local Māori man. And then we hit the road and headed south. When we reached the first town, <laughs> and I saw people standing with signs of support at the side of the road. And much like now, I was holding back the tears while trying to hold the camera steady. And then the convoy continued to grow. We were blown away to see tens of thousands of New Zealanders standing on the overbridges and the highways, sometimes in the pouring rain and the dark, to totoko this cause. 
The convoy at its peak stretched 70 kilometres in either direction on both the North and the South Islands. When we arrived at Parliament, we filmed an iconic day. So many speeches, people from all walks of life sharing their perspectives. perspectives. There were midwives, doctors, teachers, lawyers, engineers, all calling for the government to come outside for an open dialogue about the mandates. At the end of that first day, my co-pilot and I had to return to the north for prior commitments. Turns out there'd been a massive media blackout on this convoy. A whole bunch of people asked me, how was it? What did you see? What did you learn? Were there many people? We'd love to see what you shot. All I wanted to do was go back to Wellington, carry on. But Christine, my wonderful wise partner who's here tonight, said, if you carry on down there and film more stuff, you're just going to end up with a whole bunch of footage. People still won't know what happened. So unusually, I actually listened to her. <laughs> and a few friends. They were right. So I sat down for about five days and cut together a short film with music about the convoy from the Cape to Parliament. And now comes the first truly scary moment where I really chose to be consciously quite brave. I put my name on the end credits. I was about to hit share to post this film online and Christine checked in with me. She said, are you sure about putting your name on it? I felt my gut response. It was a yes. I needed to stand behind my work and to show others that it's okay to speak out. And so with a healthy dose of golden light wrapped around it, off it went. On the whole, the response was overwhelmingly positive. People watched and they shared in the comments about how they cried and cried and cried. But then, of course, some people found this film of what had happened quite confronting. And that's fair enough. They sought to ridicule me and the people in the film with their comments. Now we know who all the Muppets are. And I was likened by one filmmaker to one of Hitler's famous Nazi filmmakers. I had to respond to that one, stating very clearly, I'm Jewish. My great-grandparents, they died in the camps. So, you know, there were a few negative comments, but overall thousands and thousands of people expressed their gratitude in so many ways. That film's now been seen by over 100,000 people online. Later, I spoke, to, I spoke to my mate in Wellington. He was still down there filming. I said, what's happening, bro? He said, well, there are so many stories here, we can't keep up. Can you come back? That's all I needed to hear. Packed my bags, got in the car, down to Wellington. By that stage, there was a whole film family that had set up camp in the Victoria University car park. We had a porticom, we had a place to charge batteries, download footage, secure gear overnight, have meetings, the whole works. Over the coming weeks, we filmed as many of the stories as we could of what was happening on the grounds at Parliament during that incredible gathering. And then we would see what was being presented on Stuff, RNZ and TVNZ. They were saying things like, these are an angry, violent group of far-right fascist extremists. I was like, what the? That's not who we are. I'm a lefty from way back. I voted for these guys. And that's not what we were witnessing. So that fueled us even more. We were filming the most harmonious group of wonderful people from all around New Zealand coming together in the spirit of unity and friendship to stand against the mandates. It was clearly evident that the government and the media were spinning the story in their effort to build contempt for the protesters. So it fueled our passion. 
We filmed the gift economy, the people cleaning the toilets, the yoga classes outside parliament, the Hare Krishna meditations, children playing, musical performance, speeches, and we took lots of interviews. One day, the director, Gaylene Barnes, said to me, I think we need to make this into a feature film, maybe a series. There's so many good stories. So after it all ended with a bang, tragically, on March 2nd, she and a team of editors chipped away for over a year with all the hours of footage and wove the story together. Myself, I spent over 250 hours on the colour correction alone to make sure it was all seamless. 18 months later, our documentary River of Freedom was born. We knew this was a huge leap of faith, huge leap of faith because we guessed it would probably be suppressed and ignored by the legacy media, the usual film reviewers and so on. But our collective bravery paid off. This film had sellout screenings in a 10-week run at over 52 cinemas nationwide and has grossed over $350,000 at the New Zealand box office. That's an astonishing result for a documentary. It's going to be released internationally on demand online mid-December for all the world to see. So I may have been mandated out of work, vilified by some and ostracized by others, but I did what felt right in my own body. And yes, it took a certain amount of bravery, but instead of shrinking, my world has grown. I've made new friends, found a new family, and we've told a story of what really happened with the cameras on the lawn outside Parliament. Many have said this film needs to be seen in our schools, and some have likened it to Patu, the Meritometer film about the 1981 Springbok tour. Another very divisive time in our history. I feel like I'm finally landing on my fractal in life, my unique journey, and this is just the beginning. I never intended filming protests. I'm passionate about filming the beauty of humanity and our connection to nature. But what I've realized is those people at Parliament were beautiful. We all are, and we all have a place on this earth. I feel like if anyone was really brave, it was those protesters. The people on the front lines who stood face to face with the police. They were the true heroes. I just helped document their bravery. Thank you. <laughs>